Hello and welcome to episode 178 of Fergie on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Joining me as always is the prepossessing League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. What does prepossessing mean? Attractive or appealing in appearance. That is 100% correct. You nailed that one. I could have said beautiful, but you know, it's cliche. It's overused. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we've got to go better than that. Yeah, I agree. How you going there, mate? I'm going well. You know why I'm going well? Because we got the best review ever on Apple iTunes. We really did. We've got to say a big thank you to big Roggy Ray Miles mm. for this unbelievable five-star review that he's given us. It's titled, Pepsi is greater than Pepsi Max. Nothing quills my insatiable thirst more than a succulent Pepsi. Its calming blue colour always alleviates my stressful days when I do child labour in the coal mines as a six-year-old. The cool, dark liquid cola texture is perfect for washing down my breath after smoking three pipes of tobacco before little lunch. When Gumbach Jim started putting a lemon slice in his drink, I thought he was an absolute madman. But now I see the genius. The podcast is always good tucker too. That just sums up everything about our podcast, I think, and it captures the soul of the Fergo and the Freak podcast and really what we've been aiming for this whole time. That is the most glorious review I've seen of anything ever. And I could happily just say, you know what, that's the end of this episode. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is stunning. You know, the thing I really liked about it was like, I mean, obviously there's a love of cola in there, which I'm known for liking anything that's got a little bit of caffeine in it. And obviously you're a big fan of child labour. So he's really got us both in there. Absolutely. Covered all of us there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for that, Ray. You're a legend. Thank you, Ray. I wonder if anyone could top Ray. I don't think they possibly could. No. That's, That's glorious. That really was. That's fantastic. Um, man, the old, the old news is, is kicking off a little bit. Yeah, it's cool having rugby league season back because we've got actual rugby league news to talk about, and it's rugby league related news. And a lot and of it's, it's just, I was gonna, and it's not a list. No, no, it's not a list. It's not a. Uh, what other things were they doing? Lists. Um, oh, telling old ever. stories. Best teams yeah. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Such and such player names their greatest such and such team ever. Because mm. that's always important content. Yeah. No one was reading them teams. No one. No. No. Nor caring. No. Yeah. Um, see, I think the first thing that comes to mind for in news today, mm-hmm. this is going to be a bit out of order for what we're looking at, I guess, was um, there's a story which came out that's talking about how the NRL is going to get rid of Telstra from mm-hmm. their live streaming. Yeah. And this is somehow linked to Peter Vlandy's appeasing Channel 9 or keeping them happy. Well, look, I've never used Telstra to stream rugby league, but my understanding is that if you buy a mobile phone off them or get a mobile phone deal, you can stream the NRL live. Okay? Correct. Now, my thought was that Telstra actually paid the NRL quite a lot of money for that right, but it seems maybe they weren't. I I don't know how the system worked. I was under the impression that the 
yeah, Telstra was paying the NRL fair bit just for the streaming of it. Mm. Because obviously, if you're not a Telstra customer, you've got to pay for the app. Yeah. And so I figured that money was being split between the NRL and Telstra. Yeah, because, I mean, if if the NRL was getting no money out of that this entire time, that's outrageous. And the thing that needs to be remembered is that Telstra owns 50% of Foxtel. So yes. they're very they're a major part of Fox Sports in that regard. So I just thought it was all part of the pay TV deal. Um and I mean if they can block them from doing this so easily, then it must it's either not part of the current deal that they signed with Fox Sports until twenty twenty seven. Maybe they they rejigged it a little bit or something. Um because, yeah, it's a little bit of a, a strange one that they could just block them from doing that when it's been happening for years. I think, too, didn't Telstra have naming rights for the competition? And I do know that they they forego the naming rights so that the trophy could be called the, was it, Proven Summons Trophy or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, which is a very, very generous gesture when you think about it in this commercialised world, that mm-hmm. they didn't want to have their name attached to the trophy. They actually wanted to have the players themselves named on there. Yeah. Yes. It, show, it shows that Telstra has a lot more of an understanding and care and consideration for rugby league than we probably all gave them credit for, and especially more than what Channel 9 does. Yeah, and the thing about the online streaming, I guess... I guess the thing you want is exclusive online streaming. And I I remember writing an article about this about three or four years ago where, I mean, that was the big, that was the big ticket item that the NRL had. And whoever got that, it was really going to be a little bit of a jewel in the crown because that's the way forward for streaming. I know that I've got KO Sports now and I only watch the NRL games. I don't watch any of the other shows. I don't watch any of the other channels. I just watch the footy games. And it's really easy, it's really simple to use, gets the job done, and it saves you a lot of money. But if, you, if say, Channel 9 was able to stream NRL games over Stan or something like that, that would be something that they'd be able to build their streaming service around. And it's going to be the same for whoever picks up the streaming, not necessarily Channel 9, who I wouldn't give it to at all, Um and, and yeah, so maybe it's a way for the NRL to consolidate it into you can only stream NRL games from this one source. Because right now you can do it. I mean, I'm doing it right now through KO. Um, I believe you can watch games on Channel 9's website if you sign up to an account. Um, you know, and obviously you could do it through Telstra. I guess it makes sense that you want to make it a one-stop shop for the streaming rights and and sell that off as maybe a third television entity in a, in a sense, or a third broadcasting entity. Yeah. I, I, I fear that this is nine trying to get their hands all over the digital arm. I do too. Um, you know, channel nine does such a garbage job of, uh, showing the game on free to air. Um, I much prefer Fox Sports because they're, it's a little bit um, more about the game when you watch their, their in-game experience. It's more about the rugby league on the field rather than uh, 
a bunch of old farts talking about what shows are coming up this week on Channel 9, trying to pretend that they actually know what the fuck the voice is. Um, well, I suppose Fox Sports does kind of have that, but it's more about plugging the absolute shit out of whatever TV shows, and you're something that plural, um, that Matthew Johns is involved with. <laughs> yeah, that's but true. But if, if you don't watch the Matthew Johns shit, then Fox Sports is pretty bloody good in comparison. Yeah. It's almost arguably, it's not even arguably, it's actually completely better in every aspect whatsoever. Um, well, I, you know, the way I'd explain it is that when you watch Fox Sports, and, and I'm just talking about watching a footy game now, I'm not talking about the pre-game, post-game, any of that. If you watch Fox Sports, you're watching it you just with your own eyes. You're just seeing the game. Right. Whereas if you watch Channel Nine, it's like you're putting on a pair of Channel Nine glasses and you're looking at everything from their point of view that they want you to see it. And, you know, their commentators all, you know, have all of these agendas and stuff. There's not too many commentators on Fox Sports that have agendas. They might not be great commentators sometimes, but they don't push agendas, you know. That's right. You're not getting your ear bashed. Mm. Um What are the chances? that nine agree to increase the value of the TV rights deal from, you know, what is it, from 2023? Mm -hmm. after, right, they say, right, we will give you what we were paying you before, but in return, we want to have the digital rights for free. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, Channel 9 has already gone to its shareholders and said that it's going to be saving more than $50 million um, mm. it, that will be saved until the end of the, the TV deal that they'd already signed and was renegotiated for no reason in particular, which was crazy, and re renegotiated in the worst possible moment as well. So they're already saving so much money, and that's a pretty good job by Peter Valentis. He came in and said he was going to save a lot of money. He didn't, you know... We all thought it was going to be for Rugby League. We didn't realise it was going to be for Channel 9. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and the fact that Channel 9 and Fox Sports want rid of the NRL's digital arm says it all. Um, you know, I, I think that there's some, there's some more right content that you get out of the NRL, at, from the NRL website, and it's all just Rugby League rant, uh, slanted. Um, you don't, some of it you sort of disagree with, but it's all rugby league. It's not this trash where, you know, oh, this journalist said this and then another person said this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like this friggin' circle where it's like a dog chasing its tail. They're just talking or yelling at each other, really. <laughs> yeah, um, about each other. Yeah. The thing, yeah. Though, is I, I'm not so sure that Fox Sports are as passionately keen about getting a hold of the NRL digital arm as Channel 9 are. I think, I mean, obviously Fox Sports would like to have it, but given that, you know, they stream all their stuff anyway, mm. and they're a lot bigger than 9 are anyway, you know, it's, I don't think it's that high on their agenda as it is for 9. I think 9 are in this situation where they need the NRL digital arm more than Fox Sports do. Well, I mean... You and me have been on the internet for a very long time. Has the Channel 9's Wild World of Sports or the Channel 9 website in particular, has that ever been a go-to site for you for any reason at all? 
Uh, never, no. Even yeah, even when looking for content for this, we have never stooped so low that we need to go to a Channel 9 website to find content. Yeah. Like, and their wide, the wide world of sport thing is like, I mean, it's dead. It's over. The only people using that are fucking Channel 9, which is funny because their wide world of sport extends to rugby league and super netball. You know, it's not a wide world of sport exactly. Um, Isn't it a yeah. fall, for, fall from grace for a wide world of sports? Like in the 80s and 90s, I mean, that, sh- that show was brilliant and that was your one-stop shop for all sports news. Yeah. And, and, now, that, it's, and now it's just old men yelling at one another. Yeah, I, I like for rugby league news, I, they just don't even enter my, my head when I'm thinking, where will I go and have a look? Like I, I would get better NRL news from the BBC website than Channel 9. <laughs> and I'm not, not even joking. Like, I will go to, I will go to ESPN.com.au before I will think of, even think of going to Channel 9 for rugby league news. It's funny because it's true. Yeah. All. Yeah. Um, well, in, in other news, mm-hmm. um, you're telling me before that uh, Peter Valenis has been th- looking at the idea of a draft. Yeah, I saw this a little bit on the weekend. There was a little bit of a whisper that he was saying a draft might be a good idea. And, like, we've done uh, an episode about the uh, draft and and why it's a terrible idea. We've looked at the history of it. Um, Really comprehensive episode, that one. Uh, Do we know what episode number that one was? Oh, very early on. Yeah, it was an early one. I'll I'll find Um, out. The thing is, when I... um... And there was episode number four, actually. Number four, really? Mm. Wow, that's incredible. That's a long time back. That's when our audio was much worse. Yeah, it would have been. <laughs> um, the thing that gets me about this this draft idea is I'm starting to come around to this um, this view that I've I've seen floating around by a very small number of people on Twitter mm-hmm. that feel Gould has a lot more power than any of us care to realise. Because he was floating, he he was pushing this draft idea. He was the one who was also behind getting rid of two referees and going back to one. Yeah, and you know, the the funny thing was he was pushing the idea of a rugby league draft while he was the general manager at the Penrith Panthers, who were the very last club on planet Earth that would want to see a draft involved in rugby league. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've gone that episode four still, there is nothing wrong with what we said in episode four. It is still like fresh. Um, we completely destroy any thought of a draft being a good idea in rugby league. I suggest everyone goes and has listened to that because we said everything we need to say about the draft in that episode. Yeah. Um, and the view hasn't changed any. And no, I mean, I think the biggest issue we had even back then was how a draft would force players to go to clubs that they may not necessarily want to go to. And that was the reason why the draft got broken back in, was it 1991, 92? Yeah, 91 or 92, somewhere. Um, and everyone can thank initially Dennis Tutty mm-hmm. for giving players the freedom to move around between clubs as they wish. And again, thank Terry Hill who played for Manly. Mm-hmm. Um, for Phil Adamson. The second time around. Phil Adamson was also involved in that, I believe. Yeah, there's a few there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So those those guys can be thanked for making sure that, that didn't continue in the form that it was because it was it's a horrible idea. It really is. Um, and you know the idea that you're going to have restrictions on playing rugby league, uh, what and it's when you've got a a small population that you're drawing your athletes from, and there are so many options out there for them to play with. Uh, it's just silly. It's absolutely silly. Well, and we've still got players today who sometimes get homesick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, wasn't Anthony Milford one of them? Like the uh, reason why he yeah, wanted to leave the, the Raiders because he was homesick, wanted to go back to Brisbane. Yeah, it was. It yeah. was. So what are you going to so, do when, when a, an eighteen year old from Penrith gets drafted to go and play in Melbourne? Yeah, and or it's North terrible. Queensland or New Zealand. Yeah, and st- and the thing that people forget is that for some players, it works fine. They're absolutely fine with it. It's in fact, it's good for them. Get away from your comfort zone. You get into a professional environment. Yeah, it changes your mindset. For other players, it is, it is really destructive, and it, you know it's a terrible idea. Um, so no doubt, Philandis will put it in place. Yeah, Phil Gould likes it. So yeah. Just watch; it'll come. It'll be. It'll come up again. It'll be more passionately talked about, and the uh, Fox Sports crew will get behind it as well. Yeah. Um, what else has been going on, mate? Well, Canberra Raiders star John Bateman. There's been a lot of talk about him recently. I don't like. I don't like it when there's a lot of um, drama around a player. I think it's bad. I think it's a bad sign. Um, and John Bateman now has undergone some more shoulder surgery and is out indefinitely, so they're not putting a, a time frame on his return now. Um, he was expected to be back in the next couple of weeks, so that's a bit of a shock. But the other news is, and it's from uh, our friend James Wood Ornament, um, James Wood Ornament is, uh, is reporting that John Bateman is going to sign a $3.5 million deal that will be over five years for Wigan over in Super League and that he'll be playing for Wigan next year. So, you know, that's a bit interesting. Um, And I've got to say, like, if I was a Raiders fan, I'd just be happy to be done with the drama, to be honest with you. Yeah, he's been a bit of a... been a bit of a circus surrounding his contracts and stuff like that for the, the time he's been at Canberra. Yeah. And it's just something that you don't need. And remember, they had it going into the grand final. It popped up, and like, I mean, you can say that it's nothing to do with him. That it's all the media and stuff. But a lot of the time, it's pushed by the managers. And you know, a player can go to a manager and say, "Listen, you fucking don't do that shit again, or I'll be looking for a new manager." You know, so um, I've got no problems with player getting the most money available to them at any time and and go for it. You've got to make as much money as you can. I'm very much pro players doing that. But I I do think that there's a way that you can go about it that just isn't drama-filled. Yeah. Um, who do you think he's going to replace in the back row for Wigan? Liam Farrell or Willie Isa? <laughs> wow. Can he replace both of them? I, look, I, the thing that jumps out at me is I can't believe Wigan would spend that much money money on somebody that's a back rower. Mm. Craziness to me. Spend that money on a halfback. Maybe he can replace Thomas Lulawai. Maybe he could. Man, wouldn't that be good, seeing him run around a halfback? 
we put him at five eighth next to Jackson Hastings. And you have a test halves combo then. That's not the worst idea I've seen run out in Super League. Anyway, that's Wigan's problem, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what other news did we have here? Oh, there was a little bit of news today, um, and it was from the NRL Economist on uh, Fox Sports' website, and he's, he wrote that the uh, Brisbane's Eastern Suburbs District Rugby League Football Club has filed a trademark this week for the Brisbane Firehawks. The what? The Brisbane Firehawks. Okay. Um, Shall I look up? Where are they based? The Eastern Brisbane. Hang on, I gotta say something. I gotta say something. <laughs> I gotta say something. I'm gonna see if their website address is available. <laughs> <laughs> what um, a what a fucking bastard! Um, let me see. So is this is this in place of the East Brisbane Tigers or? Is it linked with that? I, I think it was. Let me go back to it. Uh, application. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, East's Tigers Club. Identifies the... Uh, meaning the bid for the 17th licence would be... It'd be shared with another Queensland Cup team. It said it wants to enter as a joint venture, apparently written into this. So that's interesting. Um, East Brisbane is interesting. Look, there's not much east of Brisbane. Are they going to be... I mean, obviously you don't know because you're just reading the news. So to, I'd like to know if they're going to be north of the, north of the river or are they going to be south of the river like the Broncos kind of are. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. I, You know, there's always been talk of West, you know, going West. Uh, as you say, like, isn't it just marshlands and shit east of Brisbane? East of Brisbane is just an ocean, isn't it? Yeah, it's a fucking Pacific Ocean. <laughs> there's there's not much... Or something like that. There's not much work going on out there. Um, <laughs> oh, it's already taken. Wow. How about firehawks.com? Is that taken? As, as was written, I can't remember where I saw it written. Maybe, uh, no, nah, firehawks.com's taken as well. It does sound like an NHL team, doesn't it? Sounds like an N, uh, a, a netball team netball. name. Yeah, it does a little bit, yeah. Not I, there's anything wrong with that, but it's, it's, it's very, very left field. Like firehawks. Um, Anyways, Mate, especially I'm, after all the bushfires, man. <laughs> I mean, come on. Firehawks. I, I, I don't get too hung up on the team name. Um, I'm more interested in to see how the, you know, what, what sort of structures they're going to have in place to ensure that they're going to be financially viable yeah. long term. Yeah. And what plans they've got to grow the game where they're going to be based. Because... Um, I saw the Courier Malcolm with an article today where they were criticising the, the Brisbane Bombers bid because they were called the Bombers. I thought, seriously, we, we're going to completely kibosh a very well set up and organised um, bid that's been around for a while now. Mm-hmm. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. All they need is a green light. And the media's going to say, 
No, I don't like the fact they're called the Bombers. Um, it's worth noting, this is from a historical point of view, mm-hmm. that most of the people hated the fact that the Brisbane were going to, the Brisbane were going to be called the Broncos. Mm-hmm. There's no Broncos in Brisbane. Why would we call ourselves the Broncos? Yeah. 30 years later, no one gives a shit. That's a good point. I, I've heard people saying they don't like the name the Titans. I've always liked the name the Titans. I thought Gold Coast Titans was a really good name. I think that they could probably use a little bit of a logo update. Um, but Titans is a fantastic name, in my opinion. What do you think of the name Titans? Yeah, I've got no problem with the Titans. Yeah. What about Cowboys? Cowboys is one of the best. But I've heard, I've heard yeah. people say they should be called the... Uh, What's the uh, Aussie equivalent of cowboy? Um, uh, I can't think of it now. But they, they anyway, oh, cowboy Stockman or something. No, it's something else. Oh, I just can't. I can't remember what it is. But I, I like the name Cowboys. The Warriors were fantastic. The Knights are fantastic. You know, it's very rare. The Storm is a bit different, but I think it's, you know, it's been something that's worked for them. Yeah. Raiders is fantastic. Um, it's not too often we have bad names in rugby league. Hang on. Uh, is the Raiders based, though, on Vikings? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they did rape and pillage, but, yeah, we won't go into that aspect of it. No, no. See, I think they should change their logo to be a bit meaner. A bit meaner? Yeah, yeah. Just have a dead body on the end of a sword. <laughs> Maybe not that mean. <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I like their older logo. I know it's it's a little bit outdated now, but it just seemed a bit old school, and, like, I thought that was pretty cool. Maybe one of those big Viking boats. Yeah, something just, like that. With just dead bodies hanging off it. That's pretty yeah. mean. Yeah. A trail of blood behind them. What about, uh, what's that, the way that they used to, uh, uh, what was it called? There was a way they used to um, flay people open and they would, the the Vikings, what they would do is they would basically have you sitting down with your arms outstretched and you'd be sort of on your knees and they would hack away at your back and your rib cage, and then they would open your rib cage out, and then they would pull your lungs out the back, and as it inflated, it was like you were, um, I think they called it a blood something. What was it called? A blood hawk or something. And, yeah. and it, you, you, you have lungs inflating out the back. The people that could do it the best, that you were still alive while you were in that state. You know what that sounds like? What? Fatality. Yeah, it was. Pretty Something much was. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, some other news here? Blood Eagle, that was called. Oh, the Blood, Blood Eagle. Eagle. Right. Yeah. That about good logo. Um, yeah. Looks like Moses Sully has decided to turn his back on his um, move to the Dragons to stay at Manly. Yeah, and the way this was put forward was that he turned down massive massive money to stay at manly which means that maybe the offer was rescinded (laughs) for for a guy who twice was sacked for sleeping in his car Mm -hmm. to turn down an offer to have one of the most laziest jobs as an outside back in the nrl 
Mm-hmm. That is being an outside back of the Dragons where you don't do anything because the play never goes there. Yeah. Um, that's pretty bad for the Dragons. Yeah, true. I'm kind of surprised that they they were going to throw that much money at him. Like, he's not one of those players that... Yeah, he's, he's good for the Eagles, like he's handy. But he's not one of those players that you sort of think, oh, yeah, he's what we need. It's a little bit like uh, Joey uh, BJ Leilua, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's handy for the for the Canberra Raiders, but it's not like he's the sort of dude you go after if you need some outside backs. You yeah, know he's, what I mean? He's, he's with the West Tigers now. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's ah. like when they got him, I was like, well, why are they going after him? Couldn't you go after someone better? He was available. That's, that's the West Tigers mantra. Yeah. Is he available? Offer him a contract. Yes. The answer there is was, yes. <laughs> the question of do we need him, does, you don't you don't ask that question. That's just no. stupid. Don't waste time. We need to sign these people. <laughs> what? He's he's a test player? He wants lots of money? Nah, that's not our guy. I mean, we'll give him a bid. Oh, yeah. Throw money in, yeah. but not enough to interest him. Now, um, Steve Roach mm-hmm. has... Said something a bit stupid. Okay. He suggests that James Graham has been a great player, but his legs are gone. <sighs> no, Steve. You don't reckon his legs are gone? No. I think his legs are almost gone. No, I think he's at a situation where he's playing with a team that has a very good forward pack, mm-hmm. and they're largely doing their job. Mm-hmm. But all they're doing is losing all the time, mm-hmm. and he gets frustrated when he so when he loses. He's one of those players who hates losing more than anything else. And I'm sure all players hate losing, but I think he's the sort of player that struggles to accept it as much as anyone else. His, his desire to want to win is a lot stronger than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. That's why he's seen ripping so much everybody week. I think he's probably getting frustrated with how. Shit, the coaches. Yeah, I think they all probably are. Um, I, I, I definitely think he's slow, slowing down, which is obvious. Like he's getting on now. Yeah, I think he was slowing much. down last year, but I, it's not to the point where I'm looking at him thinking, "Man, this guy can't play first grade anymore." Yeah, he's probably playing too many minutes, mm-hmm. and that again comes down to the stupid coach. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have him on the field for forty-five minutes max. Give him, give him thirty minutes in the first half. Take him off for, you know, ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then bring him on for the last fifteen minutes or so of the game. Mm-hmm. I reckon that'll work pretty well, but I think McGregor's using him far too much, and he doesn't need to. He's got a pretty bloody awesome um, prop rotation available. I don't know what he's doing. Stupid coach. Um, Best thing that happened to that club is he gets the ass. Did you see that there was talk that uh, Golden Cock Volandis was thinking about letting Flanagan come back early so he <laughs> could take over? I know that's shocking. I know it's completely out of left field. Okay. One thing, I said this on Twitter today, yeah. one thing the Dragons need to do is hire a coach who has never had a job Mm-hmm. at the Dragons before as either a player, an administrator, a coach, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Get a complete outsider there. Because too often they've been hiring people who have got some sort of history with the club. 
And Flanagan yep. was the former Dragons player. Yep. Stop it. Stop it. It's not working. Just stop it. Look at the one time, Dragons, that you said, you know what? Let's go and hire a coach who's never had anything to do with the club before. And that name was Wayne Bennett. Mm-hmm. You want a premiership. And the thing is, too, like, I, I always worry about a club that gets wrapped up in its own self-importance, and the Bulldogs do it quite a lot. The Newcastle Knights do it quite a lot, where they're like, oh, yeah, we'll we'll get our guys. Our guys will get the job done. Our guys know what we need at this club because we're special. And that's where, that's normally what happens. You end up with clubs that are losers, and you can look at the Bulldogs right now. You can look at the uh, Knights right now, and you can look at the Dragons right now. Um, anytime you decide to become an insular club, it doesn't really work. Um, I, I agree with you. They need to look for people that are outside the club. So they need new ideas, and all of these people that are from inside the club, it's not working, and they need to change tact because you know what, like. How much more do you need to see? Yeah. Oh, man. There was there was an interesting article. We could probably go to it now on the NRL website. And it was titled Experts View. Who's the best coach on the market? And uh, NRL.com had their experts and, and commentators and stuff say who the best coach was on the market. And so... Uh, and it's all highlighted, so we can go through it quickly. So would you like to hear who they thought were the best coaches on the market? Sure. Okay, he's, so... Is so Matthew Elliott on there? No, man. I would have gone off my head if he was. He's not. Uh, <laughs> Jamie Soward no. said that... Oh, thank Christ for that. Do go on. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> Jamie Soward said that he believed that Craig Fitzgibbon was the next available, best available coach. Um, and he basically said that he's come out of the uh, most successful um, system in recent years in the rooster, just like Adam O'Brien. And he thinks that he can, you know, take that into another club and, and show them the way forward. Um, he might be, but he's the former Dragons player, so he can't go there. I like that. I like that response. I'm always worried about people that are ordained as great, head coach like first of all you don't know who's going to be a good head coach and who isn't mm-hmm. um but i'm always worried about an assistant that's been ordained as the next great coach because it, it very rarely turns out that yeah. they're any good at other than being an assistant coach yeah let's just look at you know one of one of the uh bellamy proteges and that was stephen kearney yeah exactly that's a really good point. Um, Margie McDonald, who's the senior writer at NRL.com, or a senior writer, um, she said that John Cartwright, <laughs> she, she said that he got the Titans to the preliminary final in 2010 as a head coach, as an assistant, helped the Roosters win the 2002 and the Cowboys win in 2015 grand finals. So, no. I, oh, yeah, I would disagree with Margie there, unfortunately. Um, John Cartwright's one of those blokes who makes a pretty solid assistant coach yeah i agree i agree uh or a very good junior coach he was a very good junior coach at the panthers but then again everyone's good junior coach at the panthers um paul suttle sorry trent barrett well apart from him um paul suttle who is the nrl.com editor also believes craig fitzgibbon fitzgibbon would be the next best coach that's available 
Uh, Kenny Scott, who is a podcaster at NRL.com, said the Walker Brothers. Oh, they still keep pushing that one. Yeah, it's it's funny that that's what he said. <laughs> he said every time a head coaching gig becomes available, the inevitable get the Walker Brothers in there chat grows louder and louder. Ben and Shane's brand of free-flowing and fast play has reaped multiple titles and consistent finals appearances for the Ipswich Jets. So he's basically saying that under the current system, they might work. Uh, Ladies Who League, Mary, she said Jason Riles. She would like to see Jason Riles get a coaching opportunity. I believe oh. Jason. I believe Jason Riles is over coaching with the England Rugby Union team on some level at the moment. For a second there, I thought you were going to say Jason Taylor. No, 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 no. Jason Riles. I don't look. You'd never know, but Jason Riles. I don't know about him. Um, Dan Walsh said it'd be great to see Brad Fittler take on a club coaching role. Um, I wouldn't be against that. I that's think, probably that's probably one of the smartest options so far. Yeah, I agree. I think that I think he did better than people feel like he did. At the um, Roosters, yeah. Yeah. Lone Scout, who is the NRL.com fantasy guru, was another one that said Shane and Ben Walker. Uh Troy Whitaker, who is a reporter for NRL.com, said Anthony Griffin, finally. But now we're talking fifty five percent win record. In seven mm. seasons, coaching. Um, yeah, why not him? Why have they all not been saying him? Exactly. Kind of weird. Um, Alicia Newton said his winning record of 39.2% at Manly might suggest otherwise, but Trent Barrett is someone who deserves <laughs> another chance. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I disagree with you, Alicia. But that's all right. We can all have our own opinions. Um, Brad Walter, who is the is, is another senior reporter for NRL.com, has said Nathan Brown has almost two decades of experience coaching in the NRL and Super League. There's a reason why he's unemployed, Brad. Come on, man. Um, especially the I, way you walked out in the fucking nights. That was rough. I don't mind Nathan Brown, but it has to be solely in a rebuilding capacity because that he is... He is good at doing at rebuilds. I mean, he did it at Huddersfield, and he did do a pretty good job of it at Newcastle. Um, but you don't get him in there when you've got a team already that's ready to go, and the Dragons have a team that's ready to go. See, I would, I would completely avoid Nathan Brown for any head coaching role. I think there was, I, I think there was a, a little bit of drama that he caused for the club in terms of stuff that he said to, in the media. And I think the way he left the Knights, it, it just left a, a bad taste in my mouth. And, and he, I just, you look at his record. And I know he's taken over some terrible I'll clubs. But, I get that. But he's, to know. me, you need to have a coach that's willing to make a lot of those bad calls and suffer some some rough seasons for the benefit of the club. And I think overall he left the, he left the Knights in a better situation than when he arrived there. He's kind of like a modern-day... Uh, Brian Smith sort of coach where yeah, you're not Bro- you're not hiring him for you know entirely what he does on the field but what he can do to fix up a club off the field as well but geez Brian Smith was super I know he didn't win a grand final but he had some super good teams that he really did build like from yeah. the ground up uh, and was just unfortunate that he never really had a halfback ever yeah um hmm are you finished with... Yeah, 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 I'm finished. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Kennedy, 
who is a reporter for NRL.com, said Jeff Toovey, which I agree with yes. wholeheartedly. I think he is exactly the person that the Dragons need. I think he would be perfect for the Dragons. Hard edge, um, knows how to get the forwards working to a, a game plan that suits everybody else. He's very good with forwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and very good, smart game plans with with, with a, uh, a solid spine. Mm. The Dragons have everything they need for a good squad. They've even got a, a you know young Tristan Sailor in there, you know, in the backs. They've got a decent halves pairing. I don't buy this garbage that Norman and Hunt can't work. No way. I, look, I think if Tuvi took them over this weekend, I wouldn't rule them out playing finals football. They've got the talent. The talent's there. Yeah, they are ready to go. They just need a proper coach. Yeah, I can't. I can't sit here and cop that the the squad is not right in some areas. Yeah, like uh, their outside backs are a bit thin, um, and I don't think that they've ever re- they've really settled on a fullback yet. But they can be sorted out. They've got everything. They've got the main stuff covered. You know, they've got an all right hooker rotation. They've got a really good, really, really good forward pack. They've got two experienced halves. You can sort the rest out. Mm. Um, well, they've got origin halves. Yeah. Like, <laughs> why are they so bad? Um, Joe Gould, who is another NRL.com reporter, uh, put forward Shane and Ben Walker as well. Uh, Martin Lenahan, I believe yep. is the way you say it. Yep. Senior journalist, once again, he said Jason Riles. Um, and then Zach Bailey. Zach. Zach said Phil Gould. <laughs> come on, Zach, man. Come on. Zach attack. I, I love you, Zach, but come on, man. Uh, and then T- Tanisha Stanton. She is another NRL.com reporter. She said Trent Barrett as well. Um, and said that uh, he coached a few years at Manly with limited resources and did a good, a decent job. Yeah, Des Hazel's now using the same resources and got them back into the finals, and they're back being, what, can we say arguably the second best team in the comp at the moment? Yeah, well, they're up there, definitely, at least top four. Yeah, and so, Des Hazel had the same resources before he left, as did Jeff Toovey. Yeah. But Trent Barrett got in there, and all of a sudden, you know, having to bring your own furniture is a it's a fucking barrier all of a sudden. I just think the thing about Trent Barrett is that, like, once again, ordained as a great coach, and it's yeah. like, when? Can He's an assistant coach. Trent? Yeah. I just don't get it. But anyway. a, good, a good list of assistant coaches there. I'll give him credit. Yeah, that's true. And um, one, one bad administrator that doesn't need to be involved in the game anymore and should retire. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was a player manager. I must admit... I expected one of them to say Tim Sheens. Yeah, no one said Tim Sheens. Is there anyone else that's uh, out there that maybe... I mean, look, for, look, Wayne Bennett's going to become available. True. Um, he, but he wouldn't be the worst person. I, I don't think he's who I would get, but you could do worse than sign up Wayne Bennett next year. There's some. Should we go through the coaches in the Super League? Because if they found out there was a gig going to the NRL, they'd drop everything to come over and do the, do that gig. Well, I saw an article from an English uh, writer today that said Sean Wayne 
is should be the number one candidate to take over the dragons. <laughs> and I said, I like, I hope it happens just for comedic purposes because he's terrible. He's not a good coach at all. That's f- fucking. If he he comes over, the dragons will be pining for the uh, for the glorious McGregor days. Well, I, I'm pretty sure I said Paul Mag- he'd make Paul McGregor look like Craig Bellamy. <laughs> so yeah, that was a ridiculous suggestion. Um, Shall we go through the the Super League coaches see who yeah, you reckon might come it. over? Right. Yeah, go for it. Daryl Powell. Hell no. Steve McNamara. Oh no, no. He's not doing too bad a job at Catalan though. Probably in spite of him, I would suggest. Simon Wolford. Huddersfield coach. Man, he's 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 been coaching over there for a while. I think it's probably time for him to come back, but he needs to come back in an assistant role first, I think. Yeah. Uh, Lee Radford. No. Tony Smith. Definitely not, no. Richard Agar. F- fuck no. I can't believe he's coaching a club now. <laughs> Uh, Christian Wolf. Look, I think he's doing the obvious next step for him. He's had so much success for Tonga, um, and he's going to have success for St Helens as well. It's like he just will. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see when he gets his opportunity, if he gets an opportunity in the NRL. I guess we'll see, won't we? Yeah. Uh, Ian Watson. No, no. Brian McDermott. Andrew. I knew. I knew. Andrew, come on now. I'll put it this way, right? If it's between having Matthew Elliott on a 10-year deal or Brian McDermott on a four-year deal, I am sending the limousine to Matthew Elliott's house. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, it looks like we've got to stop with the Matthew Elliott jokes and stay up with the Brian McDermott ones then. I, I Look, I remember when he was coaching the London Broncos and I was saying, this guy is a fucking coaching disaster. And then he was signed by Leeds. And, of course, anybody at the time that was fucking coaching Leeds, they're winning titles. And so for some reason, everyone there was like, oh, he's a super coach. It's like, no, he's not. He's the same fucking idiot that was destroying the London Broncos all them years. And now look how well he's doing at the fucking uh, the Wolfpack now that they're playing at the right level. 36% win, win rate he had at, at London. Now. 60% leads, and he's at 0% at Toronto. Okay, now when you say 36% at London, it makes it sound better than he did. Like I said... Everyone knows what I think of Matthew Elliott as a coach. Yeah. I would, in a second, I'd be like, Matthew Elliott's our man. Go get him. Don't let him get away. Uh, Chris Chester. No. Steve Price, former Dragons coach. No, he had his chance. No. Yeah. And the last one is Adrian Lamb. I think Adrian Lamb will come back and probably get a shot. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in the uh, Queensland Cup somewhere. But, you know, he, he needs... I think he needs something extra. He needs a... 
I, I, right now, I don't think anybody feels like he could do the job. And, and I think that maybe, you know, what would be good for him is to be involved in the um, Queensland State of Origin coaching staff. I think that would be good for him. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've whittled it down to Griffin and Tuvi. Yeah. And two, two very good coaches, two very good records. And I can't believe that clubs aren't knocking on their door. Yeah, I can't believe both of them are unemployed at the moment. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. Ridiculous. You could, I mean, you could get Griffin, and even if you be, you're one of the people that believes he can only get a team so far, give me finals appearances, man. I would love finals appearances. Why not hire them both? Tuvi could be the assistant, because Tuvi was a fantastic assistant under Hasler. Yeah. Have, imagine having him as the assistant to, uh, to Anthony Griffin. I don't think they do it though, hey. I don't know. You remember Tuvi? Tuvi wanted to coach so bad that he went over and coached at Bradford for a year and a half. Yeah, he did. I was surprised by that. Um, it'd be interesting to know if Griffin is the sort of coach that would come in and know exactly the structure he wants at the club. Like if you sit him down and say, like. What's your plan for the entire club? Whether he would have that all set out, ready to go. Because I feel like Jeff Tuvey would. Like, I feel like you could have Jeff Tuvey at the drag. If you said, Jeff, you can't coach this year, but next year you can. I feel like Jeff Tuvey could go in right now and be making changes to that club that would improve them so that when he took over next year, they were ready to rock and roll on so many levels. I agree. I Got huge reps on Tuvi as a coach. Yeah. Um, I think he's criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. And I find it absolutely absurd that no team's got him as head coach. Yeah. Uh, I'd take him at Penrith. Why didn't the Titans chase him? I don't know. I really don't know. The Warriors? He'd be great at the Warriors. Because um, the other talk is that Dean Pay could be on short time as well, which is absurd to me because... He's got, he's got a pretty. He's probably got, other than the Titans, probably the worst roster in the comp, but maybe even worse than them, to be honest. Yeah, I would take the Titans. There's a number of Titans players I'd take over Bulldogs players. And um, yet, Pay has got the that Bulldogs team. Even when they're losing considerably, they are not giving up. No, they're trying. It's just and, a talent problem. They haven't got the talent. And you know that as soon as they get a few a few good players in there. They don't need many, but you get a few good players in there with that mentality. They'll start winning those games. They might. They won't be impressive wins, but it'll be kind of like the. Um, I suppose a bit like the Sharks in 2016, where they just had a lot of wins that were by two, four points, you know, that sort of thing. But you know, that's two points more than what you get otherwise, and that's we all know- you need. You know who they remind me of, and and they've got way less talent than this team had. But the remember after the Northern Eagles debacle, and the Manly Seagulls sort of had to bring things back together, and they were really bad for a long time. But then they they got together a team, and I'm pretty sure it was under Des Hasler, where yeah. they just their their whole mentality was just try hard. We'll yeah. lose, but we'll try hard, and eventually that changes a club if you can instill that, and that's why. I, I just don't understand what people want out of Dean Pay. It's clear that he's getting more out of this team than you would expect. 
And that's a good coach. Like, and I'm not saying he's a super coach or anything like that. I don't know that he's the man that will get them to even the finals. But he's getting more out of them than they really should be getting. Because exactly. if, you, if you look at their talent, they're the worst team in the league by, I think, a long way. Yeah. it's uh, And yet, you can't sit there and say that they're going to be an easy beat every week. No team treats them that way either. And that's what that's what his style has done, mm-hmm. is that you can be certain that a lot of teams, as much as I'll say otherwise, when they come up against the Titans, they'll go two points. Yeah. When they come against the Bulldogs, they're going, yeah, fuck, we're going to have to work for this. Yeah, you can't sleep on them, you know. No. You'll probably beat them, but you've got to put the effort in. Otherwise, That's they'll beat you. Exactly right. Um, yeah, if I was the Bulldogs, I wouldn't be getting rid of... I would not be getting rid of Dean Pay until you've at least got your salary cap in order. And the junior yeah. development, too. Their junior development is... It just stopped. It reminded me a little bit of the Panthers under Matthew Elliott. It just, the junior development was just ignored. So mm. it's not even as though he's able to bring in too many talented youngsters to come in. Like, he's in a real bad place with that squad. And so this is a club that needs rebuilt. Just give him a chance. Like, it's yeah. not going to be pretty. It was never going to be pretty. No. But I, d- I just don't know what people expect out of him because you could put Craig Bellamy in charge of that side right now. They're not doing any better. No. I think they need to keep with pay until they've got that salary cap in order. Yeah. Which is, what, another year away at least? Yeah. And then give him one year after that where he's finally been able to build a better squad, get some, get some good cattle in there. Mm. And if he doesn't have much improved performances, then start reviewing to see if you can get another coach. But you have to get a coach that's better than him. Mm-hmm. Not Paul McGregor, not Trent fucking Barrett. No, no. Oh, man. It's it's kind of crazy that... Uh, I, look, I think the Bulldogs club needs to be more vocal and more open with the fans about where they are. And I think that the reason they don't is because you don't want to be a board member or a CEO or anything like that that is seen to hook their wagon to a coach that at the end of the day, his coaching win percentage is not good, right? And and as we said, he hasn't had the cattle to do it. But you don't want to... I, I think it's a strategic move. You don't want to be... You don't want people to think Dean Page your guy, and if he goes, you've got to go as well. You know what I mean? Um, or you've you've gone back on a decision to back him and stuff like that. But I think that the club needs to get it across to the fans where they're actually at, and that this club needs rebuilt. And they like they might be a third of the way through that rebuild to where they can even start looking at finals. You know, that's that that club was destroyed. I don't think people realise how bad that club was destroyed under Raylene Castle. Yeah. Oh, she decimated it. Terrible. Look, she's she decimated Australian Rugby Union, and the the Bulldogs are still getting over it, and she's gone from Rugby Union. Man, I, I just can't believe how, how bad a position they've been in. Like, they left them with the sort of talent that you sort of thought of a uh, Western Suburbs Magpies in the late 90s, you know? There's just nothing there. You've got to start again. Yep. 
Um, a few other quick little stories, uh, bits of news items here. Tyson Frizzell um, is definitely moving to Newcastle now. Yep. For next season. I don't know why people thought that was going to be knocked on the head. Yeah. It was a bit weird. I think it was wishful thinking. Pretty good move for the uh, for the Knights. Yeah, he's a solid player. I like him. Um, I think he'll he'll do better at a, a better coach club. You know, I, th- I look at him. I look at him right now, and I just think he's underutilized. And the reason I think that is because when you look at him at Origin level and rep level, he's uh, you get way more impact out of him. Whereas under the you know under McGregor, you're just getting a dude that's like everyone else, just hitting it up. Yep. And here's an interesting one. Shares are now available in the New York Rugby League franchise, which is set to join the English League in 2022. Oh, wow. What, how much? How many shares are we going to buy? I don't know. How much, what, are the, what is the price of these shares? Good question. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is very Rugby League. It is very Rugby League. Are we, are we, play, are we playing the World Club Challenge in the Seychelles? <laughs> how how many shares do you think they should have available, and how much do you think they should sell them for? Well, just say I, how. I mean, how does this work? What do they put? Like, a, I don't know. Do they put a thousand shares available? Ten thousand shares? I don't know how that would work. I'd probably go with um, twenty thousand shares. Twenty thousand. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know. Set a price in there. I don't know. One dollar a share. Well, oh. I was going to say two or three pounds. Per year for a share. Yeah, per year for a share. Because they're going to need it to, to make up for the crowds they're not going to get. This is one thing I would say to anybody that wants to invest in a rugby league club. Don't. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's probably not a wise idea to be investing in a rugby league club that's well established. Mm. Because... I mean, just have a look at how well NRL clubs run. And that's in the premier competition and being handed $3 million a year and all the players' wages. And look at how many of them are still running on the bloody, you know, on that balance between red red and black sort of region. Well, it's like, I remember when um, Russell Crowe was taken over and he'd taken over the Rabbitohs and he was still getting knocked at by basically George Pickens and some of his supporters. And they were saying, oh, he took it over because he's trying to make a profit and stuff. And I remember Russell Crowe saying, man, if I wanted to make money, the last thing I would have done is taken over this club. And I think, like, it's it's pretty obvious to see. Like, it's not like... Russell Crowe is a fantastic owner. I think people don't understand what a good owner he is. Like, he does the perfect ownership role. When they need money... He's there. And then he goes away. He doesn't get involved in the footy stuff. He lets all of the football people do that. But then when they when they need his star power, he's there straight away. You know? Uh, and he's just the perfect owner. It's it's kind of like the um, horse racing analogy where it's like, how do, you, how do you make a small fortune in horse racing? You start off with a big one. And that's exactly what it is like in rugby league. You know, if you want a small fortune, start off with a big one, buy a rugby league team. Yeah. Ask um, Dr. Marwan Kukash. Yeah. Yeah, he'll tell you all about that. 
yeah, a billionaire could fund a rugby league club probably with the interest that he makes in a month. And he was like, I'm leaving this shit. (laughs) Now he's probably only got enough money to probably just buy Virgin Australia. Yeah, probably. It'd be cool if he did. He was going to buy the... He wanted to buy a couple of NRL clubs, but... The NRL said, we'd like you to buy the Knights or the Tigers. And he went, "Eh, I know I've made bad decisions before with Salford, but I'm not going to make those bad decisions. It was a very smart decision by him. The thing I loved about Mm. him is that he he bought Salford, sat on it for about, you know, four months, and then started making changes. And it was like, oh, okay. And then another couple of months went by, and then he started he started beating suit like died in the wool Super League veteran administrators at their own game. And it was like, oh, I love this dude. I still love him. I'd love to talk to him. I'd love to get him on the podcast. I bet he'd be amazing to talk to. Would he be the ideal replacement for Todd Greenberg? No, because Peter Volandis would hate his guts because he's a self-made billionaire. Isn't that a good thing? I think it's a fantastic thing. I really uh, do. But Peter Volandis would look at him and be like, I don't like him. <laughs> it's not rugby league. Or rugby league. Does he even know what rugby league is all about? <laughs> well, Mr. Kukash knows what horse racing is all about. I'm sure I would have thought they got on pretty well in that regard. I t- well, I tell you what, he knew what rugby league was all about pretty quickly too. That's the thing that I liked about him. But mm. uh, yeah, is is interesting. His time in in involved in Salford and um, saved them. I don't think people realise that they were dead, and he basically he resurrected them overnight. That was incredible what he did. They're the he reason really that, the reason they exist right now is because of him. Yep. Uh, one, yeah, I was going to say, there was one more story I had here. Yeah. Um, a few Dragons players are apparently a bit upset about Valentine Holmes saying that his walkout was done the wrong way. Um, the Do you mean Sharks players? Yeah, sorry, what did I say? Dragons players. Oh, well, so used to talking about Dragons players. <laughs> they probably would be complaining about it. Um, yeah, Sharks players are a bit upset about Valentine Holmes walking out of the club to chase his NFL dream. Um What's the right way of walking out on a club? Hmm. Well, I'm trying to think. I mean, burn it to. I'd suggest burn it to the ground. <laughs> like just leave leave a trail of um, sexual misappropriation tasks everywhere and VD cases and stuff like that, and just walk out. Is that what they're suggesting would have been better? Well. The thing I don't understand is Valentine Holmes has been gone for a while now. Like, why are they still even thinking about this? How about because, win this weekend? Yeah, because the Cowboys are playing the playing the Sharks this weekend. But, that's but why. But still, like, I, I'm pretty sure Valentine Holmes is on about a million bucks a year. I'm pretty sure Valentine Holmes is fine with what he has done. I'm sure the Sharks generally are too. I think this is just, you know, some sort of media hype bullshit. I, I think, you know what I think? I think because these quotes are from Wade Graham. You're covering for your boy. My boy. I don't know if Wade Graham was that upset about it, though. I think he's, I think he's just... I, I don't think he's angry. You don't? No. 
I think he's just gone, eh, you know, it's a bit upsetting that he left because, you know, we had a good good player there and he left and he didn't come back to the club. You know, it's always a bit upsetting, but, you know, life goes on, we move on. You do have to hear the way it's said, don't you? You do. Um, If you read it from the Dilla Telegraph thing, it's, oh, he's pissed off, he's going to rip his head off. Oh, he fucking, oh, jeez, he's pissed off. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that's the case. Hey, did you see that blow-up between uh, Mark Carroll and Paul Gallen? I, my only question about this was, since when did Spud have two Ds in it? <laughs> and I got told today it was because when Mark Carroll went to get Spud on personalised number plates, S-P-U-D was already taken, so I had to go with double D. Oh, really? I went, that is the well, most feeble way to get a, to get a nickname. I, I loved what he said, though, hey? It was pretty much just telling Paul uh, Paul um, Gallant to just shut up. And, yeah, you know, there's no sp- no place in the game for drug cheats and stuff like that. And he got away very lightly and stuff like that, which is true. Wow. So this thing, I always come back to this that whole Asada thing that happened to the Sharks in 2014. Mm-hmm. If Asada had anything, they would have just suspended all of those players on the spot for two, four years. But they didn't. They just in the end, they just pleaded with him, saying, "Can you please just say you're guilty, and we'll hand you a, a, like this weak ass punishment, and we can all just walk away and, and you know just dust our hands and say, right, we we did the right thing. It's all been sorted out now." That's the most pathetic, feeble thing ever, and we didn't find out whether the, any of the Sharks players had actually done anything bad or not. Why didn't Asada just finish their job properly? I think it becomes such a mess, and they just like. And both, I think that, both sides was trying to stay face in the end. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And it, look, they they did. They gave him a slap on the wrist for most of them. Um, Shandor Earl, obviously, it was completely different for him. We could probably get him on the podcast to talk about it if we wanted to. And mm-hmm. I, I do. I would like to talk to him about it. I think it'd be interesting. Um, but I I just love that. You know, Mark Carroll was just like, dude, you're not the person to be talking about this, you know. No, no, fully agree. It was just, um, um, and we talked about We said that as well. We said, I mean, you were the one that was said he should have had a week off, you know, and, and just yeah. when people were asking him for his opinion, just be like, oh, I can't talk. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Gallo's putting his foot in his mouth. He does, yeah. He loves having chat. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. That was one of the dumbest things that's happened in rugby league in the last quite a while. <laughs> Just Paul, Paul going criticising Asada. Yeah. Hey, what about um, Mitchell Pearce has been named this week? I was surprised to see that. Yeah, because he, like, he was knocked out as bad as I've seen not someone knocked out for a quite a while. Um, and he, he was out for the entire game. I don't think it's a real good look. I'm not a doctor. They will have done all the tests to determine whether he can come back or not. Um, but, yeah, I was just surprised by it. Um, I do wonder if... Uh, the the Knights have named Tex Hoy, who made his debut last week, a fullback. Mm-hmm. They've named him on the bench. I wonder if that's done. Uh, they've also got Mason Lino in the extended bench as well. Ah, oh, Okay. I wonder if that's done so that if 
if um, Mitchell Pierce doesn't pull up, they can put Hoy at fullback. They can put Kalen Ponger in the halves next to Kurt Mann. That's not a great halves pairing. Yeah. But um, or if they need to, they can bring Lino in to replace Mitchell Pierce. They've given themselves two pretty reasonable options there to to work around it. I wouldn't be surprised if if Mitchell Pierce is left out this weekend, especially coming up against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, they're probably going to lose that game. Um, had a fantastic, you know, draw last week, and it was really, really gutsy. But I just feel as though if the Knights feel as though they've got anything that they're going to get out of this season, just they're better off resting him this week and, uh, you know, having him completely fresh and ready to go next weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he got his he got his, he got his clock cleaned. He and really did. They've got a pretty tough run because next week they've got the uh, Melbourne Storm. Mm-hmm. Then I think they've got the the Broncos, and then the Cowboys after that, and then Manly and Parramatta. They've got a horrible run. Well, look, it's a it's a really close comp this year. Like, uh, like how many teams are really easy to play against? I would say the Titans with their rollover and die. You know, mm-hmm. there's that. Um, the Dragons with their Yawn Fest game plans. Yep. I think eventually the Warriors, it'll it'll just be, you know, the life will get drained out of them, unfortunately, I feel like. Um, the Bo- the Bronco, uh, sorry, the Bulldogs, we've already said, are, are a pretty tough team to play against, even though you should beat them. And that, everyone. I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, though, is just is yeah. those sides. Yeah. Um. Even the Tigers look insanely better just by having Harry Grant at, at hooker. Yeah, and I, I think their forward pack has improved a lot from last year. They're, they're still a bit light on in the front row. That's still yeah. my concern, but um, their edge forwards, I hate that term. Their back rowers, I'm going to go with that. Their yeah. back rowers, though, have come on in leaps and bounds in the offseason. Yeah, definitely. I was really, really impressed with them, and and it was just nice to see a a, a Tigers forward pack that was putting some hits on and that were staying hit. You know, mm, exactly. Um, one thing the Tigers do need to work on is defence. Mm-hmm. They have the fourth worst defence in the competition at the moment. That's not good for a team that's in the top seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's atrocious. Yeah, it is a little bit. Um, so put in perspective, the Tigers have conceded 72 points. Mm-hmm. The Broncos have conceded 73. The Dragons have conceded 74. And the Titans have conceded 106. Jesus, that's crazy. That's, that's their company. Jesus. What are we thinking about the Broncos right now? Because they've got a really, really bad injury list right now. Um, I am... And look, I... I I was a little bit concerned about their coaching going into this injury toll that they're carrying. I could see their season going really bad really quickly and the coach being out on his ass in three weeks' time. Man, I I think that probably should happen, especially with yeah. losing the coach. Yeah. I don't think the Brisbane board will accept sacking uh, Seabold at all, ever, after the amount of bullshit 
they they went through to get in there early. What they did to Wayne Bennett, what they did to South Sydney, I guess as well, forcing them to you know forcing everyone's hand so that they could get what they wanted. And and it's, this is this is a thing about when you uh you know hit your wagon to a coach, man, it's hard to then turn around and say. Oh, that was the wrong decision. Well, we've got to pay him out two and a half million bucks to get rid of him early. And, oh, I've got this other idea for a guy. You know, it's very, very, it's a sketchy move. It really is. Um, I suppose on one one good thing for, for Seabelt, he did get rid of McCulloch. Yeah, that was a good move. And but he needed to go. Something tells me. I think McCulloch's now, he's, he's got to file it in his belly now. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and plays pretty bloody good football for the Knights now. You reckon? Look, when... I think uh, he, he was... Just looked, he would look bored. You reckon he was... See, I just think he looked done. And he's, the thing about him was he was too young to be done. He was too young to be finished. Yeah. Sometimes some players, weirdly, it's just... It, for whatever reason, it's just over really early. And I felt like he was one of those players. Look, Darius Boyd, you got to drop. They've got to drop him. It's just yeah, you can't carry him. They're not dropping. Put him on the wing. Don't don't put him in a in a key position. Don't no. put him at centre. No. And besides, he's still good at kick returns, and you're not getting that value out of him by putting him at centre. Put yeah, him on the what... wing where he just picks up the ball whenever he goes to the corner. He just runs it back. Yeah, I don't mind, as you say, I don't mind him on a kick returns. I still mm. feel like he's 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 weird the way that he he really takes in the um defensive line and he always seems to find the soft part of it on a kick return. And that's he something does. that he's been underrated with that. He doesn't just, you know, steam back and stuff like that. He finds the weak part in the line. Um but I don't want him making the this decisions defensively. I don't want him defensively having to use his speed or his strength because it's I mean it's just not there from what we've seen unfortunately he's been a wonderful player for a very long time it kind of sucks to talk about him in this way but I I, I yeah maybe chuck him on the wing and see if he can keep it up but man it just they're carrying him so badly right now and they can't be they just can't afford to no I think at the moment too they they, they need him in the team because they need experience out there look McCulloch's gone Alex Glenn is currently out injured with a um, a pretty weird leg cut. Mm. Do you know who the next youngest player is in that Broncos side after Darius Boyd now? Next youngest. Mm. Oh, sorry, next oldest. Oh, next oldest after Darius Boyd. Mm. Now that Glenn Glenn, who's thirty two, is oh, out this week, man. and McCulloch, who's thirty, is gone. Ah. Uh... Would it be uh, the what's the winger's name? Corey no. Oates. Corey Oates, yeah. He's one of the next eldest, but it's not him. It's Anthony Milford at twenty six. Okay. Man, that's so great. when you look at who they're going to have. There's going to be Oates and Lodge at twenty five. Offerhand Gowie, Pangai Junior, Asako at twenty four. Croft, Carrigan are and are both twenty three. Oh, sorry, Carrigan's twenty two. Arthur's twenty two. Stags and Flegler are twenty one. Haas, Farnworth, Fafita are 20. I just had a thought. Mm. Just say you're the Broncos and you can you can find a way for Darius to retire, save a bit of money, right? Yeah. You've got McCulloch off the books. 
I is Milford up off contract this year? I feel Ooh. like he might be off contract this year. I'm not too sure. What's your idea? Imagine the Broncos with Roger Chuvasa Sheck at fullback. Ooh. I mean, they've got Haas, they've got Fafida, Croft is the halfback. Uh, if you've got RTS behind those dudes, like that's, I'm horrified by even thinking about that team. And he's a leader. He's a, he's got a level head on his shoulders. He's a leader on and off the field. Like that would be ridiculous. And I feel like they might be able to afford him, but they would have to throw a lot of money at him. Um, Milford has is off contract this year, but he does have an option for next year in his okay. favour. Now, I think he'll take up that because he's on a pretty bloody good deal up there. Yeah. But, man, can you imagine that? RTS. Ah, it'd be so crazy. That's not a... I tell you what, that would... That would change the way that Warriors team plays. uh, Sorry, that Broncos team plays in a big way. But I think RTS is locked into Warriors until 2022. I mean, of course they're going to nail him down. Yeah. Oh, look, RTS. I and I've said this a couple of episodes ago. I, I'm rating him on the all-time scale now. Like he's out of the current great players now, and I'm putting him in the where am I thinking he is all time. I'm not saying he's top player all time or anything like that, but that's just how I'm rating him now on that scale. Jason Tamalolo is the same way. Um, someone like a Cameron Smith has been in that position for many, many years. I just. I wonder, with a player like him, and he'd be on a whack at the Warriors. He'd be on so much money at the Warriors. And he seems happy at the Warriors. I'm not saying he's not happy. But I just wonder if at some point he knows he's that one of the elite talents in the game. I think one of the top three players in the world. I wonder if at some point he just thinks to himself, man, do I do I stay here and we're not getting anywhere near the finals? Or do I go to a club where I think I can have a good last third of my career. Because mm. I think you could put, like, if you put him at a bunch of different clubs, they're a premiership contender instantly. And I'm not, oh, yeah. and, I, and I feel like if you put him at the Broncos, they're a premiership contender with what he can do at fullback. Oh, no, absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Um, How about this? How about yeah. this? Let me throw another one here. Cameron Smith retires and the Storm go to RTS and say, hey, RTS, come and play somewhere where the weather's even worse. Storm don't need RTS, though. I know, but they could get him. I want, I want RTS to win a premiership. Another one. I want to know what the Storm do with the money they free up from Cameron Smith retiring. Yeah, because... that's a good point. They've already got Brandon Smith there and Harry Grant is still on their books. He's just on loan to the Tigers this year. So they don't need to worry about a hooker. Do they go after a halfback? And if so, which one? Because they're going to have the money to buy whichever one they want. Who would you... I know who I would go after. Luke Brooks. Yes. I think he would absolutely dominate under Bellamy. So do I. 
they'd have to buy him out though because he signed up till twenty twenty three or four or oh, something like that. He needs to sack his manager. <laughs> he needs to sack his manager. Sh- Look, I know why he took less money, but mm. his manager should have said, "Dude, I, I'm not even doing this. This is stupid." Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd be the first I'd go after. Who else would you go after if you were the Storm? Say say they clear all of that cap space and they can make a godfather offer to a, any player in the competition that they feel as though they can build around, though, for a number of years. Who who else would you look at? Brody Croft. Brody Croft. Can't believe they got rid of him. That, you know what? I agree with you. Brody Croft, he's a bloody good young halfback. He's only in his early 20s, like, what are you doing? And we saw what he could do on the weekend. Like, he can make something out of nothing. Mm. He's making that Bronco side look a lot better than it is. Oh, definitely, definitely. He was an absolute steal by that club. Like, I can't believe that they got him. When they got him, I was like, ah, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, He's like the best young halfback in the game that's not called Nathan Cleary. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what what goes on there, but yeah, they can buy whoever they want. I wonder if they'd stick stick with Munster and move him to halfback and then chase Kalen Ponga and put him at six. See, I don't think Munster would be good at halfback. I, I feel like Munster is... He's one of those players that he's a five eight or nothing. Because and this is the yeah. thing I liked with Croft there, right? Croft did a lot of the organisation with uh, Cameron Smith, and they worked really well together. Yeah, the results were you can't argue with the results. They've got a minor premiership on their results, um, and that allowed Munster to just be a big hard ball running five eight. And I used to put a lot of money on him to be a try scorer in the game because he would be a try scorer. That it freed him up to just. You know, target attacking lines with his strength. He's he's big dude. Um, so, but I don't think he's a halfback. No, I don't think he is either. But, but it is an option. Know, then again, for some reason Craig Bellamy seems to think that Jerome Hughes is a halfback. So, yeah, that's true, and he's just not. Unfortunately, is it time for Bellamy to stand down? No, but I feel like it. I I. Part of me wonders if Craig Bellamy has an idea of what he thinks he can get out of this squad and where the game was at. And the the thing about the way that now this um, one referee six again rule works is I would suggest that that's probably changed now. But how, like, who have they got there to come in and play as a regular halfback? And you've said like they should move Smith there. I think that's a pretty good idea. Like yeah, I feel, I feel as though they'd play better if you had Smith at halfback and uh, and and you know Brandon Smith at, at hooker by a long, long way. Yeah, at the moment, all they're doing is um, displacing two genuinely good number nines. One's a Test hooker, and that's Brandon mm. Smith. Mm. The other one's Harry Grant, who they've had to let go to a another club on a loan just so that they can keep him happy and he can still get NRL game time. Do you think that this was their Wally Lewis at the Broncos moment with Cameron Smith, where they could have said to Cameron Smith, listen, Cameron, you've been wonderful for the club. You've still got it, 
but we're going to have to let you go because we need to look at the next five to ten years and we think you'll be here one to two at most. Yeah, I think if I was just doing what I would have said you know, at the end of last year, how's about you go back to Brisbane? They need a new hooker because McCulloch's not working out too well there. And you'd be great for them because they need experience. That would probably give Brisbane the impetus to go, you know what, we don't need to carry Darius Boyd for the experience tag anymore because we've got Cameron fucking Smith here. Mm-hmm. So they could let Darius go. Uh, even if they just pay him out and let him go to another club, doesn't matter what happens. They just say, you know, that's it, Darius. We can't have you anymore. Yeah. Pick up Cameron Smith for for two years. And then the storm go, right, we've got Harry Grant and, Bar- and Brandon Smith here. Put, put Harry on the bench. Brandon can start at nine, and then we can switch him over during games and stuff like that. Move, And then they just move forward, and they would have freed up enough money to go and chase a genuine seven. Probably just keep, keep Croft instead of letting him go to the Broncos. Well, here's the thing. Say you've got Croft, and you've got Harry Grant, you know, and you've got Smith, Brandon Smith still. I mean, yep. there's, four, there's three youngsters that, I mean, that's a bloody good, you know, along quarter with, start building around. Along with Munster and Pappenheisen in the spine as well. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's a good spine. And it, it's, that's it. That's your, that's your changeover from the, you know, uh, the Slater, Cronk, um, Smith sort of era. And look, I... It's and, completed. Yeah, exactly. And, the, but the thing is, at the same time, I don't want that to happen to Cameron Smith. And I know Craig Bellamy wouldn't, and I know nobody at the club would want it to happen to Cameron Smith. I want him to retire as a Melbourne Storm player. Mm. And it's incredible what he's done. I mean, it's just amazing. But if... And I wonder if this comes into, like, Craig Bellamy is... Pro, and there's been talk that Craig Bellamy for a while has been thinking, maybe I'll leave next year, maybe I'll leave the year after. But it's kind of... You can see the end in sight at the storm, does he still, does he hold on to Cameron Smith if he's thinking, well, I'm going to be here another five to ten years? I, I've got a sneaking suspicion, this is just my own opinion, mm-hmm. that Craig Bellamy is eyeing off a coaching gig at one of the new expansion teams. Ooh. Maybe the one in Brisbane that everyone's talking about, huh? Yeah, he's still got a house up there, so... Yeah. And, I mean, the Broncos have had chased him several times before. Yeah, I, th- I think it's been really smart that he hasn't gone to the Broncos. Cause I, and I mostly mm. for the situation that the club's always been in. I, I, I feel as though their line-up up until probably right now, now as they've got Croft especially... It's not been a good situation for a coach to walk into, whereas right now it is. Well, especially but, the Broncos would would if they got him, they'd be expecting a premiership the year they signed him. And he doesn't need that pressure. Whereas if he goes to a brand new club that's starting from scratch, he doesn't have to worry about that pressure because people are not going to be expecting a brand new team to be winning a premiership in their first year. True. So he just gets to mould it and build a team from scratch. And I think. I think that's a challenge that he he would really, really relish in and would love to have. Here's a question for you about this, the Brisbane. Man, we've gone through so many topics. This is amazing. Yeah. 
Um, Another quick 10-minute episode. Yeah. What are we up to? We're going on two hours now. Oh, hour and a half. Excellent. Okay. Um, With the way that that team is going to be built personnel-wise in terms of the playing staff, do you think that we – how would you do it? Do you think that we should have what is called an expansion draft where uh, clubs open up a certain number of players in their rosters that a new club can then negotiate with? Um, and, and so they basically – so say you've got your 30-man squad, each team would say, here's five players you can negotiate with in our 30-man top squad. Um, and it, so it's not really a draft. It's just opening up the ability of players to move to a new club if they want to, to get an opportunity. Or do you think that they should have a season in the lower grades so that they can build up their playing staff? How, how do you think they should do it? Um, I don't know about the season in the lower grades, but I think they should definitely be aligned with a New South Wales Cup team and a Queensland Cup team. Oh, both. Why both? So you can so you've got a bigger range of players to choose from, a bigger pool of players to go through, because mm-hmm. that's what they need to have, and it's yeah, you know, it's about building that pathway. Um, so if you can get a bit of both, I think that'd be good. And a lot of clubs do have both, one in each state. Mm. To me, it just makes sense that you do that. Um, I think that would help to get the core, the core of a decent squad, and depth wise, um, already there. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably going to buy maybe a dozen players, like, you know, top-line players, NRL players, to, to fill out the rest of the squad. Your playmakers, um, you know, wingers, probably second rowers, that sort of thing. And the rest can just be what you what you find from the uh, New, South, New South Wales Cup, uh, Queensland Cup, maybe even from a few other countries, like Papua New Guinea, Fiji, Tonga, that sort of thing. There'll be a few players there. And as we're finding out too, there are some decent players over in the UK. You can drag a few of those over. You know what I would do if I was in charge of the expansion club and, mm-hmm. and the player personnel, getting the player personnel? I would grab I would grab someone that I work with and I say, I need you to fly to Fiji. When you get off the plane, first two Fijians you see, you grab them, you bring them back. They're our wingers. Yeah. Because Fijian wingers are just the best. Yeah. They're all dynamite. Yeah. That, that'd be the first trick. But yeah, I think what'll happen is with any luck, if the game does this right, then they'll come to a decision a year before, like a full calendar year before the um, expansion team or teams are due to be included in the NRL. And that would mean that those teams can then talk to every off-contract player about coming to the club. Well, that's the thing. Like, say I I was running the expansion, uh, an expansion club that was coming in, I'd want two years because I want to be able to say to players, look, you sign sign with your current club for one more year and then we'll sign you for, like... And so I would sign up, say, certain players. So say, like, a Fafita, David Fafita, the Broncos. He's coming off contract or they're talking about his contract and stuff like that. I would say to him, we'll give you a four-year deal, but you can sign for another year because we're not going to be in the competition yet. You can sign for another year with the Broncos, but we won't be on our books after that. I want to be able to put in a couple of deals like that in place. So at least I can, I can build that base 
of players that are off contract now, as well as be able to choose from the players that are off contract the following year before mm. I come into the comp. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah that'll all work, just as long as the, the, these new sides have got plenty of time to go through and be involved in the hunt for new players. Yeah. But I don't think there's going to be... I, I don't think there's a... Um, you know, a lack of players, I guess, or a lack of quality players. I think there's more than enough quality players to go around. Bring back James Maloney. Why not? Get Greg Bird out of retirement? No, no, no. How dare you? (laughs) The triumphant return of Todd Carney. Oh, yeah, we'll chuck him in the halves. We're building a team already here. Ryan Ryan Hall on the wing. Put Callum Watkins in at centre. Callum Watkins. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, who was the best player in the world a few years back from England? The winger? Uh, what was his name? Yeah, that guy. Bring him uh, over. That guy, yeah. <laughs> Tommy Mackinson. That's him. Bring the Mac over. Yeah. Get the Mac attack on the wing. The Mac attack. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be so good. He'd rip up the NRL. Oh, yeah. Top of his he's, game. In his golden boot. Yeah. Only one golden boot. He's only won one. Well, for now. Mm. Give him time. Absolutely. Mate, we're building a good side here. I reckon. This team is... They'd beat the Titans. Mm. I want... I'd, I'd love to get... Uh, <laughs> I reckon they should target, like... Ryan James, he's always a good player to watch on the sideline. <laughs> Matt Moylan. Yeah, Matty Moylan, he'd be good. Young Matty Moylan. Somewhere out there, Matty Moylan's hamstring's tingling. <laughs> Every single Sharks fan is thinking, is hoping that that is the case. <laughs> Get Come on, Matty, in, uh, hamstring again. Bring in Sean Johnson. Well, you don't have to do too much damage to this team already. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I tell you what, Sean Johnson's another one of those players where it's just like it is too young for him to be done, and he looks so done. Yeah, he's. Uh... Well, I tell you what, trivia question time. Okay, who's older, Sean Johnson or Matt Moylan? Mm. Man, I. It's so weird. I feel like Sean Johnson should be older. He but is. I feel like... Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say Matt Moylan, but I felt like Sean Johnson was older. It's pretty close. But, uh, Matt Moylan is... He's going to turn 29 in just under two weeks' time. Yeah. And Sean Johnson is currently 29. Turns 30 in September. Wow, he's just coming into his prime, the Matty Johns prime. See? Sharks are smart operators. They've got a pair of halves that are about to come into their prime. <laughs> Don't worry, Sharks fans. It's not this year. It may not be next year. But 2022, when you've got a 31-year-old Sean Johnson and a 30-year-old Matt Moylan, premiership. Easy. Lock it in. 2022 yeah. Sharks premiers. Everyone just put money on that now. Matt Moore, so uh, Matty, Matty Johns said so. Well, 
This has been a really good episode. You know what we should do for the next episode? We should talk to someone. I, okay, I'll organise it. Okay, thanks. Leave it with me. All right. Something about something topical. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Would you sort that out? I just can't be bothered. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I know people. I'll get that done. Oh, you'd know people. Yeah. Prove it, Andrew. I'm oh, a I, I know I'm a, people. That's remember, all topical. Prove it then. I'm a journalist now, remember? That's right. What's yeah. it like walking around with no soul and being an alcoholic, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment on the alcoholic bit, but uh, with the no soul thing, yeah, um, it's quite relieving. You don't have to think about morals and shit anymore. Oh, nice. I, I used to walk on the, pay, the pavement when I went to work. Yeah. Now I just go around and just jump on car bonnets from one to the other like a frog on the frog on those little lily pads. Just bounce, 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 bounce. This is fun. Brilliant. Car alarms going off. People looking at me going, hey, oh, he's a journo. Fuck, we can't do anything about it. It happens. Freedom to roam the world as I please. That sounds nice. The car bonnets are my oyster. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> hey. Which yeah. one of us is Beavis and which one of us is Butthead? I don't know. Which is the dumbest one? Oh, man. They, I mean, they're both pretty dumb. Yeah. We need to work out who the dumbest one is, and then we need to figure out who's the dumbest one out of us two. I you mean, know why we're not Beavis and Butthead? Because it's not like we sit down and watch stuff on TV and giggle about it and record it. No. We, we, we're a bit older than that. We just read it out of newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> That might make us more those two old blokes that were uh, on, on the Muppet show. On the Muppets. <laughs> Fuck you, we're not that old. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of my followers. The fact, the fact that you finished that sentence meant that maybe we are. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard something like that since <laughs> Korea. Um, <laughs> I had one of my long-term followers... Um, uh, and there was some, I, I can't remember how we started talking. Oh, they, I said to them, oh, I remember when they made me a fan sign. This is going back years ago. And they're like, I never made you a fan sign. And I was like, yeah, I'll show you. And so I sent it to them in the DM because I didn't want to um, embarrass them, you know, if it was something they didn't want people to see. And they were like, oh, I forgot about that. And then they're like, how old are you? I was like, that's a random question. Why's that? And they were like, oh, I thought you were really old. And I told them how old I am. And they're like, oh, wow, I thought you were so much older. Which made me think, like, they thought I was a really old, old, old person. Like, what the fuck, man? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. See? You were one of those old guys up on the stage there. No, no, no. What would I be more like? I'd be more like... uh... Abraham Simpson? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) My goal is to be Hugh Hefner. Well, that, that's a pretty tidy goal to have, if I'm honest. Yeah. Hang on, do you want to be Bill Hefner, uh, Hugh Hefner dead or Hugh Hefner with all the women around him? He died surrounded by them, so either way. Yeah, I suppose that's a good good point. Yeah. Um, hey, we got an email. Oh, do tell. This was from Ash. Uh, and he, he sent us a really good email. We can't read the first part of it, Ash. I mean, come on, man. You know, we, we might do what you said, but we'll see. Um, anyway, he said a more serious question. City versus country. As a country kid, I loved watching it growing up. 
Can you ever see it making a comeback in some form? I wish it would, but I can't see it happening. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I think it's probably done. The only way I could see it happening is if they did a major reshuffle to the season structure, and it was there was a lot more representative football, and they were saying like, "What else can we chuck in there?" And you ended up having with like city versus country, New South Wales versus city versus country in Queensland as well at the same time. I think what they need to need to do to make it a bit a bit more all-encompassing mm-hmm. is just have a city versus country, like Australia for each. So it could be New South Wales and Queensland country versus New South Wales, Queensland, everywhere else, city. So it would be Sydney and Brisbane versus the country? No, no, just all of the country versus the capital cities. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, so, so, and we're just talking New South Wales and Queensland here, yeah? No, I'm just talking one game. So it'd be, you know, all country players from all over Australia playing playing against all city country play, all city players from all around the country. Okay, yeah. So you could have had things like, um, you know, in in past years, things like Jonathan Thurston in the halves with, you know, Jamie Soud or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you just say, well, that wouldn't happen because Thurston was in the city. What's another option? I'm trying to think. Well, you'd have like. Uh... Cameron Munster in the halves. Where's was, Cameron Munster from? Isn't he from up on the north coast of Queensland somewhere? Was I've got Brisbane. I've got no idea. You could have had Billy Slater in the country team. But you've got to how? But, but you've there's got to be a rule for what the the city is. So yeah. it's got to be it's it's only allowed to be capital cities. I reckon. You can't is have it? this shit where like you know it's Gosford and it's like oh, I'm from the country or it's Wollongong. Oh, I'm from the country because that's bullshit. Yeah, I was going to say something more about population lines. So if the place you're coming from has a population of 50,000 or more, Mm -hmm. or if the place can see the ocean, (laughs) that's a city. You know what? Weren't you the one that come up with the idea of, like, if you're uh, 100 100 kilometres in from the coast, then you're not from the city, then you're your country? Uh, Did you yeah, say more, that? Yeah, yeah, more. Yeah, if if you're if you're a hundred kilometres or more in from the coast, then that's the city. No, that's the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and also you've got a circle around Canberra as well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. That that could be another idea. I'm I'm up for that definitely because and promote the shit get, out of it, do it properly because you know you hear a lot of people and I've, I've i've written an article about this ages ago but yeah remember how there's and you still see it today people talk about you know that queensland spirit in origin mm-hmm. people don't realize that exactly the same thing happens but it's with the new south wales country team like the reason why that spirit exists is exactly the same the sydney team also the city team the new south wales state team um completely obliterated their opponents all the time New South Wales constantly flogged Queensland. City constantly flogged country. Mm-hmm. Just as they both started to, to hold their own and start beating New South Wales or City, bang, the game says, no, nah, fuck off, we don't want this anymore. And they they remember when New South Wales had been really successful and they're talking about, oh, is State of Origin worth it anymore? I remember that, yeah. And they've been critical of it. And then Queensland starts winning and they win a whole heap of series. 
and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we need to change origin because you know we're not winning anymore. <laughs> you see, I, I am I am both City and New South Wales, right? So mm-hmm. I guess my perspective on this is a little bit different from yours because you're definitely country. Like, yeah. you come from a town where like you could probably all fit on a bus. And I'm not even joking. You probably could no, have that's, done that's true. The, the population of the place I come from is, it claims to be a bit over 100, but I think it's probably less than that. Yeah. Um, city versus country from a Sydney point of view was just a bit of a meh event. Like, it didn't really mean much to me. Is from, like, I mean, what do you do? Yeah. It's like, yeah, city. And then to, when I would see players, that would, they'd literally be from Wollongong and Gosford and saying they're from the country. It's like, fuck you from the country. Like, you can get to the fucking Harbour Bridge quicker than I can on some days, you prick. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't do it for me. And then, I mean, there, there was a point where we were starting to win some of those games. And it is it was one of those contests where the, the country team is basically the good guys and you kind of want to see the good guys win. Um, and then with, with state of origin, like my feeling has always been that there's this state of origin spirit is a lot of shit and it just give me the most talented team and we can win games like that. And then we can talk about having origin spirit, but we really had the most talented players. Like that's the way I've always looked at it. Hey, and I know it's, yeah. it's kind of fairy tale destroying, but I like doing that. I know. I think the problem with, with what killed City Country more than anything is when, um, might have been when they, remember they paused it for a year or two and then they brought it back? Yeah. When they brought it back, they pretty much made the City Country game a selection trial for contentious positions within the New South Wales Origin team. Mm-hmm. And that took all the meaning out of the game because it was just an exhibition match after that. I'm not saying it wasn't before, but... In the past, like if you look at City versus Origin games from 1990, 1992, every single State of Origin player was in that game for New South and, Wales. Yeah, and you know the other thing too was there were some grudges that were played out in especially the like mid to late 90s in those City Country games. And like I'm thinking like Spud Carroll and uh, Chief Harrigan and stuff, like some of that rivalry started in those games where those two would, two would be beating the fuck out of each other in those games as well, because it was another chance to get each other outside of the premiership, you know? Yeah. Well, look at that. Okay, this is the City versus Country lineups in 1990. Mm-hmm. So City had fullback Greg Alexander in the backs, Chris Johns, Andrew Eddinghausen, Mark McGaw, Michael O'Connor, Haas with Terry Lamb and Ricky Stewart. Front row, Glenn Lazarus, Ben Elias, Ian Roberts, back row, Paul Searin and Brad McKay, Bradley Clyde. And on the bench, they had Des Hasler, John Cartwright, Jeff Toovey. Country had Jason Alshon, John Allenson, Andrew Farrah, Michael Erickson, Ricky Walford, Laurie Daly, Ivan Henjak, Bruce Maguire, Scott Carter, Steve Roach, Les Davidson, David Gillespie, Dean Lance. On the bench was Michael Putter, Mark Laurie, Jason Edwards. And City won that game 28-26. Wow, that was a close game considering how good that City team sounded. Mm. And it's because that country team would play with so much more passion than the City team did, and it made yeah. up for what was lacking in, in class, I guess, and on players. But that's possibly one of the strongest City teams you'll ever see. Yeah, and that's those, a good team. Those players would line up like that and play that game 
with you know they wouldn't they wouldn't play it softly or weakly or anything like that. They went in there ripped in. See, it just for me, it just reminds me from a city point of view. It's almost like England versus the Exiles. So <laughs> if it, it, I'm serious though, it's like who's going for the Exiles? You know, because what the fuck is that? What is that? Australians are going for the exiles. But well, you know, it is funny when they lose the exiles. But it's not like there's this fucking big grand swell of support. The whole concept is kind of set up so that the good guys, supposedly being England, win the game. And when they don't, it's just really disappointing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, look I don't know why I don't know why they call them exiles to start with. Like for many years, and I'm talking over 120 years, even more, the England would often play, you know, a rep sort of game against what they called other nationalities. Mm-hmm. That was just players who weren't British. Mm. Um, and they were around for a long time. And so that was pretty much, if you were in England and you wanted to see you know, Australians playing against England, but, you know, if the kangaroos weren't coming over for another three years, you'd go and watch other nationalities play because it would be, more often than not, it would be full of Aussie players and Kiwis. Um, I don't know why they didn't just go with that. I, I think know. that they probably wanted something that they owned the uh, all of the rights to the names and stuff for, hey, that's all I can think of. Well, they probably owned other nationalities, given it was, a, you know, it was England versus other players in the English comp. Yeah, but they fucking own British Lions, and they they just don't do anything about rugby union using that, you know. So, because they're absolutely useless. Yeah. Um. So you'd be cheering on the Exiles then? Well, I just find it funny when they win. It's like, uh, remember when when Great Britain lost against um, going into that World Cup when they lost against Italy. And it was like an Italian team where, like, if you'd had Dolmio sauce, you're Italian. <laughs> exactly. But it still was funny when they lost against them. Yeah, the selection process was, we need to check your pantry. Yeah, ex- yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, he's got spaghetti. He's in. Yeah. Have you ever had spaghetti? Oh, I've had some fucking beans. Ah, it's close enough. <laughs> it's Mexico, Italy. Sauce. Mexico, Italy, it's kind of the same. They've got yeah. similar coloured flags. That'll do. They speak the same language. Well, they don't actually. Ah, shut up. They do. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they don't speak, they it's don't one speak of those English. languages I can't fucking understand. You're Italian. <laughs> that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's... Uh, the only thing I, I can think of at the moment is with that England versus Exiles game, if it does get up, mm. who does Blake Austin play for? That's a really good question. He's got to well, play for England, eh? Or Lachlan Coop, but he's an exile. Jack Hastings? Yeah, Jackson Hastings. Who's he line up for? He's got to be English. Yeah. That's mad. When they lose, will they blame Wayne Bennett? <laughs> <laughs> Only if Wayne Bennett just agrees to coach the exiles. Oh, my God. Can you imagine he coaches the exiles and they flog them? <laughs> That would be so glorious. It would be amazing. <laughs> ah, I'd love to see that. They, they do need to play another game because they've, they've played four in the past. Yeah. And both sides have won two each. Well, you know, 
there was a little bit of a debate on my Twitter list when people went hating my guts. Um, and people were talking about, like, because I said it'd be nice for England to play against, you know, France, Wales, Scotland, Ireland. And of course, there's all of these excuses that come out. It's like, well, we, you know, we don't want to see one sided contests. What's that going to do for us? And it's like, well, we, in Australia, we've been asking that when we play you, you cunts for like the last 30 years. So, you know, if they're too good to play against these teams in Europe, but they're too bad to beat the likes of Tonga or Australia or New Zealand or Papua New Guinea, like what do they want? And it comes down to, well, let's make up our own team. Let's make up just this fictional team and we'll chuck Sonny Bill Williams in it and pretend that we've achieved something by beating it. It's really typical of English rugby league, quite honestly. You know what I I'd bet do. they give themselves a fucking trophy and everything. <laughs> you know what I'd do? What? I'd say, you know what? We're going to have a three-match series between Exiles and England. Mm-hmm. And the winner will take England's spot in the World Cup. <laughs> I would sign up for that in a second. <laughs> That'd be nice to have a team that might actually do something in a World Cup, eh? There you go. That'd, that'd, give, it, that'd give it some meaning. It, you would, but then you'd have players that wouldn't, like, I mean, Sonny Bill Williams wouldn't be able to turn out for Samoa, even though if I'm Samoa, I'm not picking Sonny Bill Williams. He's just not up to it. No. Um, who else would they have in that, that Exiles team, though, I'm wondering? Because as you say, anybody that's over there that's Australian, they tend to convince they'll turn out for England or Scotland or Wales or something, you know? That's right. But, I mean, if you can play for an Exiles team... That's a combination of all of those nations. Yeah, it's, it's like a a mini rest of the world team. So okay, so think about this: you got you'd have James Maloney, right? You'd have Israel Folau, Chuck Insani, Bill Bill Williams. Um, who else have they got over there? I'm trying to think. Adam Cuthbertson. Is he still playing? Yeah. Are you sure he didn't? decide to become English. I'm pretty sure they wanted him to become English at one point. Okay. He was like their version of uh, Arthur Beetson for a while there. <laughs> um, Zeb Tyre. Oh, wow. He's still playing. That's yeah. Important. Thomas Luluai. Yeah, he's, he'll always be playing. Grant yeah, Millington. Grant Millington. Junior Moores. Yeah, Chuck Junior Moores in there. Kuma Tai. Nah, he, he wouldn't make it. Chris Naninu. I thought he was playing rugby union. He played for South at the start of the year. Okay. Sean Kenny Dow. Yeah, he'd be handy in there. Josh McCrone. Mm, I probably wouldn't pick him. <laughs> Joseph Paulo. Yeah, I'd pick him. Matt Pryor. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he'd pick him. Yeah, he'd be solid selection. Bodine Thompson. No. Nah. Uh, Kane Linnett. He he's one of those players that you're always surprised with how he plays in your same play. So I'd probably pick him. Uh, Manu Ma'u. Mm, I don't know about that. David Mead. Kevin Naguama. You know who I would pick would be uh, David Fafita, the twin. Oh yes, yes, he's been, he's been a beast him. over there. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's he's their version of uh, Arthur Beetson. Oh, yeah. um, Kenny Edwards. Yeah, chucking Kenny Edwards. Why not? Israel Folau. Yeah, I'd have him in there. James Gavay. sessions. What's that? <laughs> James Gavay. No, I wouldn't pick him. Robert Louis. I wouldn't pick him on principle. Exactly. Um. Oh, what else have we got in here? Sam Cassiano. I want to see him first, <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's no slide on him. I want to. I, if he is, if he's at his Canterbury weight, I'm picking him. If he's yeah. at his Melbourne Storm weight, I'm not picking him. <laughs> Chase Blair. No. Man, Chase Blair. How old is Chase Blair? Twenty nine. What? Yeah. Oh, I feel like he should be in his late thirties. <laughs> uh, Conrad Hurrell. Oh yeah, him fish for sure. Yeah. Albert Kelly. Ooh. I don't think you need him because you'd have uh, Jordan James Rankin. <laughs> Jordan Rankin. Fuck you. <laughs> Aiden Caesar. Yeah, I'd pick Aiden Caesar. Why not? Um, Mahe Fanua. He'd, he'd probably make it, yeah. Jacob Miller, I think he's Aussie as well. No, nah, I wouldn't pick him. I think uh, I've picked like 27 players at this point too, by the way. Yeah, you've done pretty well so far. Yeah. It's um a three-match series. I tell you what, a three-match series between England and some of those players. You've got James Maloney guiding them around the park. Got some handy forwards. That's all you'd need to beat England is handy forwards and a crafty half. Is Jackson Hastings the crafty half? Well, no, he'd beat England. Oh, how about uh, Joey Lussick? No. No? You know who they'd have, though? Who's that? The man. With the giant hog. The game breaker. Yeah. That's not the only thing he breaks. Oh, no. I didn't say that. You're talking about vaginas, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was talking about underpants. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how he goes for the rest of the NRL season. They'll select him um, in the halves spot. And it'll be interesting to see how he then goes for England. But they're worried that they're not going to have the um, a, a good enough lead up to the World Cup because they've they've got pretty high hopes for winning the World Cup. I think the Poms. They can play Wales, Scotland, Ireland, France. Exactly. So go and do it. Serbia. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like to see England go and play. Sweden. A game like Denmark. against Serbia in Serbia. Why aren't they playing games against Germany? I don't know. Germany's got a rugby league team. They've been playing for a while. Did you know that Anthony Seabold played a game for Germany? I didn't know that. There you go. His brother also played for him as well. Yeah. There you go. What's Facts. his brother's name? I don't know. Someone. Mr. Seabold. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh, I shut it. No, nah, I'm not gonna say. It. I think also Germany holds the record for having for being the only 
international rugby team that's had four brothers play play in the same international side at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah. What were their names? British. Um, I think they're British-born players, to be honest. Oh, okay. Um, one of them is still playing in the Super League. I've got to try and remember the bloody name now. Uh, Kynhorst. Kynhorst? Yeah, there's Tommy, Nicholas, Marcus, and Christian. That reminds me, what, what type of name do you reckon Pappenhausen is? Do you reckon it's Dutch? Yeah, surely. Yeah. So it's a, such a nice name to say, Pappenhausen. Yeah. It really is. What a lovely name. Yeah. Pappenhausen. You just imagine that he's going to fight at the fucking Predator or something. <laughs> he was he was a Tigers junior. Uh, another one they let go. Yeah, we let him go because, you know, he was stuck behind James Tedesco and there was no chance he was going to unseat Tedesco. So we let him go, and then we let Tedesco go, so we didn't have either of them. Fucking genius. But you did get to hold on to John Wilson as long as you, as long as you wanted. <laughs> no, we picked up, you know, oh, I'm not going down this path. We've been going <laughs> long already. Hey, hey I think you, I, I saw a thing saying that you're going to lose Corey Thompson. Super yeah. League. Oh, he's going to the Titans, apparently. Oh, I, I read a thing saying Super League, but... Oh, Super League, well... I must admit, I am. <laughs> I'm pretty the sure the rumor I heard came from the bloke who likes to be on TV more than the uh, people he's interviewing. Oh, really? The Widler. You know that could have been Graham Annesley as well. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Hey, um, one last thing. Yeah. I'm not sure. I don't think anyone's noticed that I've changed my uh, profile picture on Twitter because no one's commented on it. No one. Go and have a look at Andrew in his Twitter picture. And that's the Andrew I know. Just watches already. Yeah. That's me. Well, you know, this... I, I can't be bothered checking, you know, going and replacing the battery stuff. I've got five watches. <laughs> they don't work. If I've got time, then I can uh, I can just check, check them all, see which one's running a bit slow, find out which one's not working properly. Then I could throw it away and just buy a new one. I like a disposable lifestyle, hey? <laughs> it's exactly right. But see, this is what people should donate to me on Patreon so I can buy another watch. Yeah, and where would they go if they were going to donate to you so you could buy another watch? Where would they go to www.patreon.com slash rlproject. Mm-hmm. Do you have any watches? I don't currently have a watch. In fact, my Fitbit, I'm not wearing it at the moment because I cannot find any of the chargers and I'd already bought a second charger off of eBay because I'd lost the first one and then I found the first one again. Now I've lost both of them. So I'm without a Fitbit, people. And you know what you should do? You should help me get a fucking charger. And you know and how you can do that? Well, they, gone to, they go to... Uh, I'm, I'm going to take a guess here. Yeah. They go to www.patreon.com slash League Freak Needs a Fitbit Charger. Everything except the last bit. It's patreon.com forward slash League Freak. Go on there. For as little as a cup of coffee per month, you can be a wonderful supporter of my website, of my websites, of my Twitter feed, of all of that stuff, of the podcast, everything. 
and your contribution is greatly appreciated and you can help me buy a Fitbit charger. I think they're 15 bucks. It's um, it's very well known too that the um, your Patreons, the people mm-hmm. donating money to your Patreon, mm-hmm. are without doubt the greatest humans that have ever lived. They really are. Um, I've got seven of them, seven wonderful people. They're beautiful people as well. I don't know if uh, you knew that, that they're, they're just beautiful people. Their name's Nadine, Adam, Andy, Rugby League Project, hey. Samuel, Katie, and Jack. Wonderful, wonderful people. And, uh, yeah, it all goes towards uh, my website hosting costs. So, yeah, that, that would be wonderful if you could be part of that. Get rid of people. All we ask is a few bob every now and then. Easy. Easy, Easy stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. He's at League Freak. I'm at Andrew RP. We're at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on Instagram at Fergo Freak Pod. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We need to find another social media out there to get ourselves on. Grinder. Done. Let's do that. Should we go on OnlyFans as well? Again? <laughs> Well, I I don't have the password to the to the first account. Oh, pretty sure it's like Fergo Freak Pod once again. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, how many pairs of underwear do I have to send off this week? <laughs> Jeez, Nadine, another pair. I I thought it'd be good to get to have an OnlyFans account, and then yeah. I'd just be sitting there with the with the camera behind me as I'm just doing stats on an Excel sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking dare you to do that. That would be so funny. <laughs> watch, watch me do something dirty, and then like you just start putting in the stats for like New Zealand club competitions and stuff like that. That'd be fantastic. Hard fingering online. Yeah, if I keep on typing away. <laughs> oh shit! Bent over office desk. <laughs> Bent over <laughs> office desk. <laughs> oh fuck. We should do this. I bet there would be people that would flick your money just because they thought it was funny. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember early on, I thought what we should do was uh, make a, a Pornhub account and put all of our podcast like episodes on it because there's some people do that. Like they'll put up. Uh, I remember somebody, and I can't remember who it was, but they showed me that like all of the Futurama episodes were on there weirdly. <laughs> Uh, that's brilliant there was another dude that was doing like it was some sort of instructional thing for like it was something like wood whittling or something and he had a whole fucking thing on there so yeah better outlet than than, um, YouTube yeah pretty much tell you what mate if you're getting bored during the week Feel, feel free to put all of our episodes up on one of those outlets. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't even have the fucking videos, hey? Ah, just put the audio files up. We'll figure it's a way a sh- out. It's a shame that our podcasting company doesn't allow that as one of the distribution methods. <sighs> Would have been it's awesome. It's all right. We'll find a way around it. Hey, can we also say yeah. we we <laughs> broke the record for last month's listeners we broke last week's record was it was a record for our listeners in a week 
And the other day, we absolutely shattered the record for listens in a day as well. So the numbers we're getting right now are absolutely crazy. So thanks, everyone, for your support. Yeah, you're all bloody awesome. That That's our review for you lot. Yeah. Everyone track for another, another bloody big week this week. Yeah. It looks like this will be another record week, which is great because it's during the footy season and we're talking about footy. Thank goodness. Yes. Um, got some exciting episodes coming up. We've got a history one coming up soon. Mm-hmm. We've got an interview coming up this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also footy. Yeah. Bloody hell, people. We're giving you variety and footy. What more could you want? Probably an OnlyFans account from us. But, you know, we're working <laughs> on that. <laughs> All right. On that note, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, I hope we didn't waste too much of your 10 minutes. And uh, catch you all next time.